When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Queerly Beloved, a podcast from Broadly about the families we choose. I'm Sarah Burke. And I'm Fran Torado. Hey, Sarah. Hi, Fran. How's it going? Pretty good. Okay. I really loved this week's story. I'm so glad. It was really good. I loved Liara. Can you tell me about them? Yeah, so Liara Rue is a sex worker who is genderqueer, but who, to clients, has for a long time presented as female, which is the gender that they were assigned at birth, just because it's easier for them professionally. But in their own life. In their own life, they're genderqueer, and they use they-them pronouns or sometimes he-him pronouns. So how does queer family come into this story? Aside from Liara, we also meet Annalise, who's one of Liara's clients. And when they met, Annalise was just presenting as a man. Now, though, at least when she's with Liara, she uses she-her pronouns, she uses a different name. And so all of that development around her gender identity has come out through their relationship. And and that's kind of what the story is about. Wow, that like completely subverts like most people's version of what they think sex work is. We usually think of sex work as something that's so transactional. And in this case, it's not at all. It's really interesting because, you know, to a certain extent, it is transactional. You know, even though they have developed this really caring, mutual companionship, Liara is still getting paid. And I think that that really gets into the gray areas of you know, the dynamics of sex worker relationships that sometimes people don't talk about. And what Annalise is getting out of it is this queer mentorship and intimacy that she would honestly have a really hard time finding somewhere else at this point in her life. Where is she in her life right now? I think a lot of the coming out stories that we hear are obviously about young people, but Annalise is at a later stage in her life. She has had a whole career She has a family, and she's just starting to explore some of the different aspects of her gender identity. But she has no queer community to help her do that. So her relationship with Liara has been this really rare opportunity outside of this life where every day she's forced to go to work and present as a man in a suit. For her to basically just build a safe space where she can be on a lease. When I was first starting out, sex work felt a lot like doing drag to me, which was actually really exciting. Like, I was like, oh, I'm going to be, like, hot girl. (laughs) Um, And so I would put on my makeup and, like, wear clothes that, you know, I wouldn't normally wear. And 
I would be, you know, meeting these guys and they would think that they were spending time with a hot girl when in reality, you know, sometimes they'd actually be like spending time with a hot boy. <laughs> and so I think a, a lot of the way I dealt with it was like just being like, oh, like I'm secretly making all of my clients gay. <laughs> Because, like, you know, they think they think they're, like, doing something with someone who's a girl, but really, like, they're really into this boy. And so, you know, they're gay now. <laughs> I'm Liara Rue. I am queer, and I also identify as being genderqueer. Sometimes I think of myself as more of a boy or a girl. It sort of shifts depending on the second. <laughs> um, I do sex work, specifically porn and in-person work. And I also do organizing around sex workers' rights. I think that people tend to have a really simplified idea of what sex work looks like, but it's actually so varied. I think a lot of people have some preconceived ideas about what sex work is like for a lot of people. For some people, they have these images in their head of women being abused and forced into doing sex work. But for me, it's it was a choice that I made to sort of take back my own power and have a little bit more control over the course of my life. I have multiple disabilities, and so working in an office can sometimes be challenging for a variety of reasons. So it, it really gives me like a better quality of life. And I really like the work that I do. I feel like it's very rewarding. I get to like make people feel like special and cared for. A lot of the work that I do. And I think a lot of sex workers in general is just creating this place where people feel like safe expressing their desires and what they want and need. And you know, they may not necessarily be able to get everything that they want out of the relationship all of the time, but they know that I'm going to listen to them like without judgment and just sort of see them where they're at and listen and do my best to to really take care of them. How does being genderqueer like intersect with doing sex work, if at all? When I first started out, a lot of my clients were older white men, which I was fine with. But as I have continued working, I've started attracting more queer folks and like people of a variety of ages and more diverse backgrounds. Like working with queer people, especially, I feel like I get to help them explore their identity and create like a safe space for them. A lot of my clients have discussed my gender identity with me. A lot of them, too, have told me that me talking publicly about my gender identity has made them, you know, explore their own as well and realize some things about themselves. Um, and it's been really rewarding how accepting clients have been of it. You mentioned that when you first started out, you were kind of playing this role. Have you been able to kind of open up to some of your clients more authentically about how you identify in terms of gender since then? The first time I really explicitly told a client about, you know, that I didn't necessarily 
identify in the way everyone did. I was really nervous to tell him, but he had expressed some gender feelings as well. It was really nice to just sort of have it be implicitly accepted and not really judged at all. And this was before I had written an article in which I came out about it. What was that article? The article where I came out was called Coming Out as a Sex Worker, Coming Out as a Person. After I wrote my coming out article, a client actually emailed me and they said, I had never really thought about this until I read your article, but I looked up the word genderqueer after you wrote it and I think that applies to me. And this was a client that I had had a really like particularly sweet session with where like they were just really open to receiving the care that I gave them. And so it was really nice realizing that I had helped them also discover something about themselves that they may not have learned until later. That sounds like a really cool moment of just kind of merging almost two parts of your life, two worlds for you. Is that how it felt? Yeah, definitely. It felt like this really amazing moment where I was able to, you know, bring a lot of the safety I had found in my queer community and that sort of sense of understanding and give that to someone else who needed it. I've done a lot of work with clients in general who are figuring out their gender identities. And one of the clients that I've worked the most with around that is Annalise. About a month ago, I met Annalise to interview her for this episode. Because she's not currently out to a lot of people in her life, we ultimately decided that it would be best to keep her voice out of the podcast. So instead, we're going to do this one a little differently. I'm going to describe her to you and also share parts of her story that I learned through our interview. And Liara is going to help by sharing bits about their relationship from their perspective. Annalise arrived, and she was presenting, at least clothing-wise, the way she does most of the time she's in public, in a way that allows her to pass as a man. She had clunky sneakers, stiff blue jeans, a button-down shirt, and a head of short silver hair. She told me her name was Annalise. She was a little timid, but also quietly excited. I was surprised by how open she was. She talked about fears and desires, and details of her private life, almost like she had been holding them in for a long time. See, her life is made up of these separate spheres. There's her family, which includes her kids. There's the sphere in which she is a successful entrepreneur. And in those two parts of her life, she's not out about being queer or gender fluid because she doesn't feel like she can be, at least not yet. But then there's this other sphere, the one that she's created with Liara. There, she can play around with gender without any consequences. She can try on a new name and see if it fits. She's safe. 
Annalise first got in contact with Liara a little over a year ago. She was looking for sex worker services and came across Liara's website and became immediately fascinated. She was excited, but she was also really nervous. She didn't know what to expect. When she first sent me an email, she thought of herself as trapped in the role of playing a man. At the time, Annalise was presenting as male. She was using male pronouns and her given name. But deep down, she didn't really feel like those things fit her. I noticed that her email address referenced Tiresias. And I looked that up after she sent the email. And uh, it turns out it's about this myth (laughs) of this person who was able to live as both a man and a woman during their lifetime and just about how they they were able to experience both. And I think it, as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, like, <laughs> I don't know about this person being like a, a straight male. Like, that doesn't necessarily ring true to me. Annalise says that at the time she was looking for physical intimacy. But not only that, she was also looking for a companion, someone who was open and accepting. She told me that she grew up in an oppressively religious environment. There were no books in her house, not even one, and no art. She was expected to do things like watch football and drink beer. But when she found Liara's website, she became engrossed by these book reviews and literary essays that Liara had posted on her profile. Stuff about Chinese puns and the patriarchy. She just seemed interesting. Annalise knew at that moment that she had to meet this person. The first time we met, we went out to the symphony and just got to enjoy like listening to some beautiful music together. It was really wonderful. I just immediately felt this sense of comfort around her. Like she was someone that I could tell almost anything to and I didn't have to worry about her judging me for it. And what were the primary ways for you that Annalise kind of felt a little bit different from other clients potentially? I think her vulnerability and her genuine interest in caring for me really made me feel safe and comfortable around her. With Annalise, Liara didn't feel like they had to pretend. They were open about their queerness and gender, and the feeling was mutual for Annalise. She quickly began opening up to Liara, and she left little hints about how she was questioning her gender and sexuality. But even without those clues, it was clear to Liara that Annalise didn't quite identify with traditional masculinity. She definitely doesn't scream macho man she you know has this very graceful way of moving and moving her hands especially just the way she like touches people like when she gives a hug it doesn't feel like she's like giving you this bear hug it feels like she's like gently engulfing you in embrace So when was the first time that you and Annalise first started talking about her gender? I brought it up in this very funny way. I was like, Annalise, if you could take a magic pill and right now just transform into a beautiful woman, would you? 
And she was like, oh, of course, without hesitation. Like, who would hesitate? <laughs> At that moment, something clicked for Annalise. She says it wasn't so much like learning something new about herself, but more like finally stepping into a pair of shoes she had always wanted to wear. Annalise never fully felt like a man. Ever since she was young, she loved to wear women's clothes, and she was always drawn to queer culture and queer people. At the same time, though, she was confused, because she was attracted to women. She had no idea that there was such a thing as gender fluidity. Ever since Liara asked that one revealing question, Annalise and Liara have continued talking about gender identity. And it's not always so serious. Have you kind of played around with gender with her in other ways? When uh, we first went shopping for clothing, we went to Barney's and we were perusing the racks and we came across this really beautiful Victoria Beckham dress. And Annalise was really excited to try it on, so we went to the sales clerk and asked if they had it in her size, which was a size six. And the sales clerk turned to me and sort of looked me up and down. was like, oh, like, are you, are you sure you want that size? <laughs> and Annalise was like, oh, no, like, it's for me. <laughs> and the sales clerk, you know, seemed lightly surprised but non-judgmental and very quickly went to get the appropriate size. We've been having a lot of conversations about gender. It's been very moving to see her feelings about it sort of develop to the point where now she's sort of made a timeline for when she wants to start physically transitioning. Are you going to be kind of helping her out throughout that process at all or playing a role in that? I definitely want to be super close to her and be by her side as she goes through that. You know, taking hormones, it's basically like experiencing a second puberty um, and it can bring up a lot of feelings. And I would definitely want to, to be there for her as she goes through that. Right now, are you the only person that she's out to about her gender identity? I think there's multiple people that she's out to. A lot of them are like professionals in her life. Like I think her therapist knows. I think a couple of her very close friends know. She's nervous right now about telling her family because I think she's just really worried that her her children will be stressed by this. But I totally respect her decision to to wait until she feels like they're in a more settled place. What kind of label does Annalise identify with? Trans, genderqueer? The last time I talked with Annalise, she identified as gender fluid. I was hanging out with her and one of one of my friends and she was just talking about, you know, what gender label felt right for her. And the friend suggested gender fluid as something that that person identified with. And Annalise was like, oh, you know, that sounds perfect for me. A part of the, the tension Annalise experiences is having these spaces where she does feel very open and free being herself. And then also having to work in an industry 
where she is expected to present as a man and you know she has been able to be successful in part because she can pass as a man and I think that can create like a lot of pressure on someone to to behave in a certain way. Over time, Liara and Annalise shifted from a client and sex worker relationship to that of a mentor and mentee. Liara began introducing her to trans women and other queer friends and invited her into a world she had always wanted to be a part of, but never knew how. These spheres are still separate in Annalise's life. But now she at least has a vision of how one day they could merge. And for Liara, through clients like Annalise, they found a way to show up professionally as their whole self. We're really there for each other and we're able to help each other out without judgment. And that's been like really rewarding to experience. Queerly Beloved is a production of Vice Media and Broadly. If you're liking the show, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen. And please leave us a review. It helps other people find the show. This podcast was produced by Sophie Cases. Production assistance was by Dan Richards. And our theme music is by Tyler McCulley. But before you go, we want to share one last thing with you. We reached out to our Broadly readers for your stories about chosen family and queer icons. And we got some really amazing responses. If you want to leave us your story about Chosen Family, call our inbox at 707-412-8388 and your voicemail could be featured on Queerly Beloved. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, so I saw the piece on Vice. Um, on the Snapchat, and I I thought of the story of one of my, when I was in high school, this older queer man, he, he looked at me and he said, you know that you need to come out to yourself first, and for me that was something I'd never really thought about, because I had always assumed that, you know, I would always be perfectly okay with it. I'm a, I'm a bi woman, but most people think I'm straight, and I never really thought that, hey, I don't have to prove this to somebody else. You know, I just have to be okay with it within myself. And that was a really, really big moment. I needed someone to kind of look at me and say it to my face. Stop worrying that much. He really made a difference in my life. And now I try to make a difference that way for others.